Hello, Michiana. This is Keith Thews from Michiana Community News, bringing you the recording of the final address by Governor Holcomb to the Indianapolis Legislature, which happened on Tuesday night. This is called the State of the State Address. It happens every year, and this is the final one for Governor Eric Holcomb. So uh, sit back and uh, send us some comments. We'd like to hear from you on our voice message link um, so we can share that in a future Voice of the People episode here on your Choice for News, Michiana Community News. Thanks for joining us for our live coverage tonight here on Fox 59 and CBS 4. I'm Bob Donaldson. And I'm Dan Spieler. Great to have you here with us tonight as we get ready to hear from the governor. His address is expected to take about 30 minutes, and he's expected to talk about a number of topics tonight, especially education. We're also mm -hmm. expecting him to look back at his time in office these last two terms. During a, a sit-down interview with our Hannah Adamson recently, uh, he said his biggest accomplishment last year was approving 200 plus million dollars for public health initiatives over the next two years. As you see him now entering the chamber, shaking hands with lawmakers. Public health was a big focus for the governor here in this last year. Now, during that same conversation, Governor Holcomb said economic and workforce development are a big part of his focus. He says he wants to make sure the programs aren't just accessible, but also that Hoosiers statewide are aware of the options. And yesterday, during the start of the State House session, Governor Holcomb touched on how he wants to lower the minimum age for caregivers from 21 to 18. He points out that at 18, you're an adult and can fight and defend your country. He thinks you should be able to become a caregiver as well. And when it comes to the classroom, the governor saying uh, that he wants to move the I-read assessment from third to second grade. He wants to take uh, computer science. He wants kids to have to take a computer science course re requirement for high school students. So let's take uh, a look and listen in here as well uh, as the governor now uh, prepares uh, to speak to the state of Indiana. There he is shaking hands with the House Speaker. Uh, and the Senate President Pro Tem, and there's Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, who of mm -hmm. course is a candidate for governor herself. Governor Eric Holcomb prepared to deliver the State of the State Address for a final time next year. Someone else will be Indiana's governor and his own Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch among those running in that GOP primary. Let's listen in live to Governor Eric Holcomb. Mr. Speaker, Mr. President, Madam Chief Justice, Lieutenant Governor, members of the General Assembly, and my fellow Hoosiers, it is indeed an honor and privilege to report to you again for the eighth time on the state of our beloved state. A year ago, I stood right here and I promised you that I would work harder than ever to continue to improve the prospects for every person that calls Indiana home. Today, I stand before you again and I renew that same promise until the conclusion of my assigned duty. Together with those in this chamber, we've accomplished a lot for sure, but there is so much work to be done ahead. And as a former Navy man, 
I'm drawn to a motto embraced by Grace Hopper, one of the first female admirals in the United States Navy. And I quote, a ship in port is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. In that same spirit, I do not plan to safely stay anchored in port for the next 12 months. After all, standing still is not what we are built for here in Indiana. So to frame up our time here tonight and going forward, I'd like to talk about something I call the Indiana model, which guides all the work that we've been doing together to create lasting generational change on the very foundation laid by our pioneering predecessors. Already it has enabled us to take Indiana to the next level, as you've heard me call it just a few times. That's because the Indiana model seeks excellence, rejecting any notion that a Midwestern Val state would be content with mediocrity and instead takes giant leaps instead of baby steps. It hinges on collaboration among the public, private, and philanthropic sectors between our administration and the legislature across all levels of government. And it's Hoosier wide, tossing aside any distinction between Indy and the rest. Nearly every step forward we've made during these last seven years has followed the Indiana model. A remarkable team effort, so please give yourselves and our statewide partners a big round of applause on a job well done. Now, for any state or organization, for that matter, to constantly seek to improve, it's imperative to note what's going on around you, what's changed, what's changing, and what still needs to change. So let's start with what's changed in Indiana over the last seven years. First, we can finally answer that tired old question that used to be a head-scratcher. What is Indiana known for beyond great stuff like the Indy 500 and Larry Bird and a whole lot of corn? Today, the answers abound. We're now known for advanced manufacturing, for being a top 10 ag state, a leader in plant, animal, and life sciences, a top convention destination a logistics and freight hub, a top state in the nation for infrastructure. And we're on the edge of collaborative R&D across artificial intelligence, semiconductors, data centers, hard tech corridors, nuclear medicine and energy, and so much more. It's no surprise that Forbes ranked Indiana last year as the number one state in America to start a business. And And at the same time, we remain one of the lowest cost of living states in the nation. Since 2017, our GDP has grown by over $150 billion. 
Our private sector employment is up by 200,000 to an all-time high, while our unemployment rolls remain at historic lows. Our population is growing faster than every state we border. We paid down $4.5 billion in debt, returned $1.5 billion to taxpayers, all while maintaining prudent reserves to keep our AAA state credit rating. Obviously, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to tell you, but I'm proud to, the state of our state, Indiana, is strong. And the rest of the world has taken notice, and they want in on it. Consider the recognition Indiana received last year when we were one of only three states out of all 50 that ran the table to win all three big federal partnerships, a clean hydrogen hub, an electronics, microelectronics hub, and a biotech manufacturing hub. Each will result in millions in new investment and thousands of good, high-paying jobs, and they position Indiana to benefit disproportionately from America's renewed focus on defense-related manufacturing and our reshoring strategy. You want some more evidence? Consider the jaw-dropping $28.7 billion in committed capital investment last year, which brought Indiana over $50 billion in just the last two years through our economic development efforts. What took us 12 years before, from 2005 to 2016, we did more than that in just the last two years. That's called Indiana momentum, and we've got a lot more coming. And these new jobs come with all-time high wage levels, averaging over $75,000 a year much higher than the local and national averages. And allow me to be a mythbuster here about where this investment is going. Rural and mixed rural counties won big, capturing $18.7 billion in capital commitments and more than 15,000 new jobs over just the last two years. A special thanks to all of you in the General Assembly who recognized the need and provided the Indiana Economic Development Corporation with the tools necessary to allow our entire state to grow alongside our local leaders. We're proving now our communities are able to define their own destinies. Another particular bright spot last year was the second investment by Star Plus Energy, the joint venture between Samsung SDI and Stellantis in Kokomo, where they're building two EV battery factories, 
ultimately creating thousands of new jobs along with Samsung SDI's similar investment with General Motors, straight up 31 in New Carlisle. All three of these total over $9 billion in new investment. Thank you, Mr. Yoon Jin Kim, Star Plus Energy's newly appointed CEO. We could not be more humbled and appreciative of the faith and trust you put in our state, and we will reinvest in you and your workforce. Thank you so much. I'm just as proud of Indiana's longstanding relationships with Japan and with Israel, who honor us this evening with their diplomatic presence. Please welcome Consul General Yanagi of Japan and Consul General Cohen of Israel. Consul General Yanagi, our hearts are with your people, our friends, uh, affected by the recent tragedies in Japan. And Consul General Cohen, please know we continue to pray for the safety and security of all those who call the Holy Land home. And we pray for the prospect of lasting peace. Back home in Indiana, let's move on to what's changing for the better. Businesses and individuals are thriving in Indiana because we operate in a continuous improvement mode. For starters, we cut our personal income taxes again to 3.05% on the way down to 2.9%. Military members will no longer pay state taxes on their military income or pension. Our state police and law enforcement officials finally got the salary boost they deserve. And Indiana's venture capital ecosystem, including our force multiplying $250 million next level fund and Elevate Ventures, ranks among the most active in the Great Lakes region. That's why investments in innovation with global reach for that matter can be found in every corner of our state. Like up in Warsaw, where Zimmer Biomet developed a smart knee that automatic, automatically checks in with your doctor, to Huntingburg down south where OFS is changing the game of furniture manufacturing with the help of German robots, to right here close in Speedway where the famed Italian company, Delara, makes high-tech seats for SpaceX astronauts. And ladies and gentlemen, the positive change continues. 
This is the year our graduation rates will continue to go up, and thanks to the historic investments this body has made, average teacher pay across the state will reach our salary goal of $60,000 a year. Thank you. This is the year we'll plant our one millionth tree on Arbor Day ahead of schedule. This is the year we'll continue to put down some 280 miles of trails in all parts of our state, making Indiana a recognized trail leader. This is the year we finish connecting over 70,000 households and businesses, completing the $320 million investment in the next level broadband investment program. And that's before we launch an even bigger, larger $800 million federally backed program for every Hoosier who still lacks fast, affordable internet access. This is the year, yes, it is finally here when I-69 directly connects <laughs> Indianapolis to Evansville. shot up fast. <laughs> NDOT has led this partnership with our private sector partners, and I am so proud that we are approaching the final mile of construction after decades of discussion. <laughs> this is the year when we finish double-tracking the South Shoreline between Gary and Michigan City. This is another big deal. This is a year our rest stops are converted into true welcome centers. This is the year we move aggressively on huge capital projects that have been on the drawing board gathering dust for years, including a new prison in Westville, a new archives building, new crime labs, a state-of-the-art law enforcement academy co-locating our world-class deaf and blind schools and building the first new state park lodge since 1939 in our state up at Potato Creek State Park. And this is the year when our communities start to really leverage the second round of ready funding that this assembly made possible. The The first round of $500 million leveraged into $12.1 billion in public, private, and nonprofit investment, over $4 billion in housing infrastructure alone. And I'm confident of a similar outcome during this next round. Actually, based on what I'm about to reveal, I have a feeling we'll far exceed even our most hopeful projections. Tonight, I'm so proud to announce the Lilly Endowment will be making the single largest grant award in its 86-year history, $250 million to support Ready 2.0 projects focused 
on blight reduction, redevelopment, and arts and cultural initiatives throughout our entire state. offer a few thousand more thank yous to the Lilly Endowment and Jeanette Hill, the president there, and Clay Robbins for both of your stewardship of an organization that once again shows why it's such an essential partner to us here in Indiana in making our state the place we all want it to be for generations to come. Jeanette, Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here tonight and every day forward. <laughs> Along with Ready 2.0 and recognizing Health is Wealth, our Health First Indiana program, the nation's largest, most substantial new commitment to public health, will further empower Indiana counties to create tailored actions. By the way, the first $75 million you all appropriated has just been distributed to the 86 counties that opted in. And I fully realize there is a long way to go here, but let's acknowledge that we're starting to make progress against drug addiction. You in this chamber, helped create new tools, such as 385% more beds for residential addiction, for treatment, naloxone distribution, the 988 suicide and crisis lifeline, and an online treatment finder for anyone, anytime, seeking to recover. Due to these efforts and so many others, recent reporting shows statewide drug overdose deaths dropped statewide 5% year over year. This is progress. And a special thank you to Chief Justice Rush and our judiciary for also making transformational technology and administrative improvements in connecting with all those we serve who are trying to and working so hard to restore their lives. Thank you, Madam Chief Justice. Alongside the key roles that our public and private partners play, it's the everyday citizens who step up and improve the lives of others that are the most essential to the flywheel effect of the Indiana model. For instance, a few months back, 
I attended an event at Indiana's War Memorial. A young lady introduced herself and shared an observation that immediately rang true. The license plate we offer our Gold Star families didn't really convey the full meaning of the sacrifice these Hoosier families have made. Lauren Tomkevich did not shy away when I asked if she would help us come up with a worthy Gold Star family plate. Several months later, thanks to her willingness to collaborate with our Bureau of Motor Vehicles, a much more powerful tribute exists. Lauren's everlasting contribution will appropriately honor those who gave us their sons and daughters, their husbands and wives. And her feelings could not have been more personal. You see, Lauren lost her husband, Matthew, in a NATO training accident in 2022. Lauren and Matthew's mother, Lisa, are here with us this evening. And ladies, we join you in honoring Matt and too many others that have made that same sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what real citizenship looks like up close and personal. of gratitude, let's continue to live up to the Indiana model in this legislative session ahead by addressing what still needs to change. Here are a few commitments I believe we must make this year. We must improve policies around third grade reading to make sure that every child masters this essential skill. We must prepare our students for a digitally driven world by requiring computer science to graduate from high school. We must work with our public universities to make college even more accessible by creating more three-year and associate degree options. We must expand our childcare workforce to help more working moms and dads in Indiana. We must update the State Disaster Relief Fund to make it easier for local communities to access the funds they need. And we must build better awareness of our state's next level jobs programs. There's so many of them. And we'll do that through a campaign we're calling One Stop to Start, helping people obtain one of the many high-paying, life-changing jobs available right now throughout our state. I ask for your partnership in making these things happen because we must never forget how much the work of good governance matters to those who sent us here in the first place.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited about 2024. I'm convinced that it will shine a light on many other examples of how the Indiana model is boosting economic outcomes, vaulting our infrastructure into the 21st century vanguard, and most importantly, improving lives through new opportunities. And while earthly governance cannot take credit for it, I must mention a 2024 event that will draw even more attention to Indiana when the biggest spotlight of them all, the sun, is turned off for several minutes. So don't even think about being away from Indiana on April 8th when we're in the direct path of a total solar eclipse. <laughs> My friends, a new year brings about reflection and preparation for what's next. I only wish our buddy Henry were here with us to do just that. Term limited though I am, here are my promises to you for 2024. My administration will not be a ship in port. Instead, we will deploy on multiple fronts until my last day and hour as your governor. Owning the Indiana model, I am staking my reputation to it. We will find constructive answers to any unforeseen challenges that arise, and we will move from ideas to implementation during these times of great transformation. And I will continue to listen, as I have done for seven years now, to any and all partners who share a love for Indiana and believe in our future. Indiana is a wonderful place to live, to breathe, to work, to raise a family, and it's a wonderful place to help lead. My fellow Hoosiers, if I live long enough to need a smart knee or two, I will regard the privilege of having served as your governor as the honor of a lifetime. With all my heart, I thank you for it. Good evening, and may God bless. And now let's get back to work and run up the score in 2024. Thank you. Governor Eric Holcomb wrapping up his final State of the State address tonight, saying he's proud to declare that the state of our state is strong. He said the rest of the world has taken notice and wants in on it. Of course, we'll have more reaction to the governor's address tonight at 10 and 11, and this Sunday morning, Unfocused. Thank you so much for tuning in. For now, we'll return you to our regularly scheduled programming.